Uh, the sign is frame furniture and the scarf cushions with the matching shack pack covers. Snatch is a fucking 2000 crime comedy film fucking written and fucking directed by Guy fucking Ritchie. It fucking stars Jason Statham, Alan fucking Ford, Benicio Del fucking Toro, Dennis fucking Farina, Billy fucking Jones and Brad fucking Pitt. And now it's time for our new feature. It's Jackie's Movie Synopsis Time. Make me synopsize this movie. Take it away, Jackie. This is your, your I'm future. Waiting. Come on. I need this explained, Jackie. Come on. Go ahead, Jackie. I need this movie explained, quite honestly. <laughs> Jackie, it's your idea to do the movie synopsis. So... I know. I have no, no one else seriously? to myself for this week. Nothing? Nothing at all? Nothing? Um, okay. There's a big diamond. Okay, no. Let's just, let's just get into it. All right. Here's the synopsis for the, uh, for the people who like synopsises. So uh, this film is set in the London criminal underworld. And it contains two intertwined plots, one dealing with the search for a stolen diamond, the other with a small-time boxing promoter who finds himself under the thumb of a ruthless gangster who is ready and willing to have his subordinates carry out severe and sadistic acts of violence. I'm your host, Neil T. in Merry Old England, and joining me on today's Dime for Scale Movie Club podcast are my regular co-hosts, Jovial Jackie, with, without Jovial John in Virginia... <laughs> I thought you said he was a getaway driver. What the fuck did he get away from, eh? <laughs> uh, Todd Brisket that in Austin, Texas. Oi, what, what do I get the feeling we're going to have a lot of bad accents on this here episode? That's fucking horrible. Um, we're also joined by regular guest Stephen Greenwell in Rhode Island. It's an unlicensed boxing match, Tommy. Not a tickling contest. These lads are out to hurt each other. And also special guest Backsack, a.k.a. Backsnatch, in Los Angeles. If I throw a dog a bone, I want to know how it fucking tastes. If you stop me again whilst I'm walking, I'll cut your fucking Jacobs off. <laughs> <laughs> You're on thin fucking ice, my pedigree chums, and I shall be under it when it breaks. Now, fuck off. That's a proper Cockney accent. <laughs> <laughs> what, you mean mine wasn't? Of course, fucking of course. I wasn't asking, I was telling. I love um I love Bricktop. He he's, he's my favorite of all of them really. Backsnatch. Um you you jumped on uh, this podcast for uh, for Snatch pretty quickly. So, what is it you're so in love with uh, when it comes to Snatch? You know, I'm not really sure because I watched it again. I haven't seen it for a while. Mm -hmm. I saw it when it came out in the theaters back in what, 2000, 2001. Mhm. And I just, hey, I dug it. I loved uh, Guy Ritchie's style. And uh, I loved the lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. And, you know, I don't know. I probably had a, a bit of a boner for Brad Pitt after Fight Club and wanted to continue with that. And, God, he looks good. In the, he, this movie was just uh, Fight Club with, with different accents, right? Basically. Now, Backsack, are you, like, grating cheese into the microphone or something? <laughs> grating cheese? Whatever you're doing, can you stop it? I ain't doing anything. I'm standing here still as could be. <laughs> it might be that your, uh, your microphone's rubbing against your shirt or something. 
That, that's that's a possibility. You want me to take my shirt off? <laughs> oh yeah, I could. I always want you to take your shirt off. I, I will. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take my shirt off. Hold on. That I was know. the rules. We do these nude. I know. That's, okay. That now it's just gonna be, now now it's just gonna be rubbing against my skin. What about? Have you got a hairy chest though? Is it rubbing against that? <laughs> I do. I have a slightly hairy chest. Yes. Is it? Nest- okay. It might be nestling in your chest hairs there. <laughs> you still hear it? No, it's fine now. Is he really taking his shirt off? I don't know. You never know with that guy. I did take my shirt off. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I want to. I want to please you, Neil. I want to make sure you, you have an enjoyable Look, time not, with me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. My aim is true. I don't need to accumulate additional sexual partners. Thank you very much. Especially, especially male ones. All right. So um, now, did you? I heard a rumor that you actually wanted to be bullet tooth Tony. Is that true? I did. I enjoy the way that he puts people's heads in car doors and smashes them. <sighs> it's a, it's an effective negotiating technique. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, i've I've wanted to do it a few times to certain people uh now how did you become well okay let's backtrack a bit did you know did you know anything about vinnie jones before he came became an actor i had no idea the first time i saw him was in this movie i'm pretty sure well actually no lockstock is yeah he's in lockstock yeah because he used to be a football player i think he played for wimbledon or was it millwall one of the one of the dirty teams and he was one of the dirtiest players of his era and there's a famous photo of him I think he's defending, I don't know. Um, and Gaza, uh, Paul Gascoigne, who was kind of the biggest player uh, before David Beckham came along, was standing behind him and uh, he was trying to get on the ball or something. And you, this picture is just of Vinnie Jones grabbing Gaza's nuts. And he, so he's, hid, he's hidden away from the referee. So I don't think the referee can see him, but it's a pretty famous photo. Uh, I think but, I've seen it. but it seems a bit odd that you turned in, turn, you know, you, you trans- transitioned from kind of a. Vinnie Jones wannabe into a, into a lawyer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I was a Vinnie Jones wannabe, but you know, I had uh, I, I had some issues when I was younger, and you know, when you're uh, a young lad, you tend to want to gravitate towards people who, uh, if you don't have power, you like people who do and mm. are able to wield it. And, you right. know, no general adolescent angst, I'm sure. Mm. And uh, Vinnie Jones is a uh, he's a tough dude, like being a tough guy. That's all. Yeah, he's actually an actual tough guy because he's not just a yeah. movie tough guy. He's a real one. Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with him. Although he's become kind of a pussy recently with his since he became an actor. He's, all, he's a bit of a pussy. But anyway, can't blame him. <laughs> There's a few under- undercurrents like, okay, why is Turkish always drinking milk? I noticed that's like just some kind of strange gags. You wonder where that came from. Oh, I, I never noticed that. Yeah. You didn't? Every scene, no. or all, there's at least three or four scenes. One, he's drinking a jug of milk, like something mm-hmm. that the milkman would deliver back in the yeah. 50s. Mm-hmm. So you're like, where I know do you the get one where, where Tommy throws it out the window, because yeah. that's obviously a big plot that's point. That's a huge there. plot point, sure. Yeah. yeah. But if you think that that was the whole reason they had him drinking milk was just to get to that point, so it would make sense why he would throw milk out the car? <laughs> it could be, it's couldn't possible. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well I, listen, I listened to the commentary and they didn't make any mention of uh, of uh, his character being a milk drinker, so I think it may have just been a plot device. Yeah. There's just a few little slapstick things like why does when Turkish opens the door to his caravan, it falls off? <laughs> just kind of corny stuff like that. <laughs> you wonder where those choices came from. Mm. Did you notice that the guy cooking sausages is there <laughs> multiple times? Two minutes, Turkish. Yeah, it, it, and then it... In the middle of the movie, he's in the same position, cooking the same goddamn sausages. It looks like. <laughs> so if you if you look every time every time they're at Turkish's little, I don't know, almost seems like they're in the sewers or under a bridge somewhere. Like you can <laughs> see that guy, and he's he's cooking the goddamn sausage. 
Five minutes, Turkish. He, his, name, his name is Sausage Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> he's there for sort of color, isn't he? He's, uh, he's there to sort of get a bit of background pizzazz. What I'd like to know is why are unlicensed boxing promoters that poor? <laughs> I mean, where, where is he even living? He looks like he's in some kind of <laughs> like warehouse with a with a a motorhome in the warehouse. It's very strange. I don't think he's very good at it, and that's probably because maybe yeah. people like Bricktop keep ripping him off. Mm, probably right. It looks like he has a the gas grill with a shopping cart with the guy's grill around. <laughs> if you can't trust people in the unlicensed boxing game, who can you trust? That's true. It seems like it's very uh very uh there's a large gap between the rich of the unlicensed boxing world and the not so rich mm-hmm. like jason statham <laughs> is is struggling to survive the unlicensed boxing world while um well brick top brick top tony oh, or whatever his Christ. name is <laughs> please please don't try this i mean toppy toppy you can't do american accents let alone cockney accent please don't try to do it it's just embarrassing <laughs> My name is Jason Statham. Statham. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll give you one opportunity to do your best Cockney accent. Okay, go. I don't even know what a Cockney is. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't left Austin, Texas, I think you told us, haven't you? Yeah. Well, you haven't gone out of state still, anyway. still working on Still working on getting to Houston someday. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Neil. Are yeah. there actually pikeys? Are there real pikeys? Pikeys? It's a very it's a it's a it's a derogatory term, the p word, pikey word. Are they gypsies? Are they Irish? Well, technically, they're they would Irish be Irish gypsies. Technically, they're known as Irish travellers. They're not known as gypsies, uh, although that is what they were they were known as for a very long time. Nowadays, sort of in the PC times, it's Irish travellers to, to 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 distinguish between them and Romanian gypsies, who are ethnically gypsies, the ones that were kind right. of you know, had trouble with Hitler in the war, uh, as opposed to Irish travellers. Um, and they've got a bad rep, but, you know. Well, they got a bad rep because they're Irish. <laughs> they got a bad they're rep from this, on this movie because there's about 10 characters who say, I ate fucking pikeys. Yeah, they also use, they do use Jippos <laughs> quite a bit, mm-hmm. too. You know Jippos, Sal, they're always, always throwing dogs throwing into dogs. the deal. <laughs> yeah. Dags. Well, yeah, they, those two terms, Pikey and Jippo, are, or Gypsy, are, are derogatory terms. So, uh, actually, I don't know if you noticed, because uh, I watched the Blu-ray, and I think the Blu-ray and the DVD both have a Pikey. <laughs> they have subtitle tracks, obviously, for English and also other different languages. They also have a Pikey subtitle track, which is only for when Brad Pitt is speaking, because no one can understand him. We can't understand him either. <laughs> That's funny. I I tried to get subtitles, but they wouldn't work on the iTunes rental that we had. Yeah. And I was really annoyed because I did not know what anyone was saying half the time. <laughs> I have to admit, I watched, this is my second time watching it. The first t- first time I watched it, I didn't have subtitles. I had no idea. <laughs> but I understood it the second really? time. Okay, I'm glad I'm not. <laughs> I, did, I, didn't find it, I didn't find it that difficult to follow. Yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't even put the subtitles on for Brad Pitt. I found them sort of after the fact, but... Um, I think about half of it I can understand what he's saying. But this this line here, hold on a sec. Uh, the sound is frame furniture. And the uh, scar her cushions with uh, Matt's and Shack by Culver. I needed the subtitles for that one. I had no, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> no idea what he was saying. Periwinkle blue. But actually, um, now apparently, I don't know if this is true. This might be just his, uh, it might be just um, folk folklore, so to speak. But apparently... Uh, Brad Pitt was originally signed on and he was asked to do a Cockney accent. He couldn't do it. And so they got him playing an Irish traveller or a gypsy. 
Um, and they deliberately had had him doing doing an incomprehensible yeah. accent because they got so much criticism uh, from uh, the American audience that they couldn't understand anyone in Lockstock. So they thought, well, let's put an American in who you can't understand, and that'll really sort of put it to them. But nobody could understand what he was saying. Who else's favorite part of the movie was Avi, Dennis Farina? No, I, I liked Avi. Yeah, Avi's the best. He's funny. Actually, on that topic. Um, I got a voicemail from Sharon, actually, just before she left for a trip. Here it is. You got a toothbrush? We're going to London. Do you hear that, Doug? I'm coming to London! (laughs) Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And then I don't think she had that great a time in Heathrow, and this is what she sent me after she came back. Anything to declare? Yeah, don't go to England. I love those smash cuts. <laughs> Avi was... Uh, there was a few scenes cut out with Avi, but most of his scenes actually were with... Um, a lot of his scenes were with Finney Jones. And he's, Finney Jones was trying to learn acting from him, but he, he didn't want to... Apparently, he's not classically trained either, Dennis Farina. Mm, didn't seem that way. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they had good uh, chemistry together. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they got on quite well, yeah. What's with the obsession with people uh, getting eaten by pigs in the tur- at the turn of the century? You got Hannibal, <laughs> right? Right. Mm-hmm. Hannibal involved pig people getting eaten by pigs. Yeah, got this true. movie. Yeah. Mm. What's the deal? What's the deal with pigs? <laughs> Don't trust anybody that has a pig farm. Right it's like that's like the uh, vampire obsession of the late two thousands. Yeah. Was the pig <laughs> obsession of the ninety nine two thousand movies? So the pig thing, the pig thing, where you dispose of somebody by getting pigs to eat them is real. And uh, so Guy Ritchie based that on a conversation he had with some uh, some dodgy geezer um, who did it. And uh, he also learned that another good way of getting rid of people was if they're ro- laying a new road, you just put them in the road. Or if they're putting a new uh, you know free- freeway up or motorway up, you just put them in a pylon or something, which does happen. Uh, that, that's, that does, that's too bad if they're not actually building a road at the time you kill someone. <laughs> that's true. There goes that plan. You put them in a freezer or, or buy a pig. Or you could just dig a hole somewhere. So that scene, the scene where they are touring the pig farm or the pig sty or whatever it is, um, they didn't. That wasn't a set. They actually went to a real pig farm, and uh, you see they're wandering around with those nice clothes, those nice, those nice um, coats on and stuff. Uh, well, all those clothes that they're wearing, they had, they couldn't, they washed them and washed them. They could not get the smell out because the pigs really stink. So they had to burn yeah, the clothes. They had to burn all those clothes. Yeah. Boris the Blade. Don't you guys like Boris the Blade? Uh huh. Yeah. My favorite role for him was from Eyes Wide Shut. Does everyone remember what he what role he had in that movie? I don't know what he was in that one. He was the uh, owner of the uh, costume shop where oh yeah Tom yeah, Cruise yeah. goes to get the Fidelio mask. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's him. And his daughter was getting laid by the two Japanese guys. Nope. Nobody's seen this movie. Actually, um, it's a movie podcast. Guy Ritchie. Cr- Your microphone's cr- making noise. Yeah, he's great in great in coconuts or something um actually guy Ritchie cast him because he saw him in uh in um uh, eyes wide shut and uh i think he cast him kind of blind he didn't he didn't audition him he just cast him he liked him so much he, th- he, he said he Amazing. didn't like the movie eyes wide shut but he he thought he was the best thing in it yeah he's great mm. uh, in this movie he t- carries a bit of a uh, an unwieldy weapon there's a giant cleaver in a sheath mm-hmm <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't really make a lot of sense. Although awesome. I guess that, that's why he's called Boris yeah. the Blade, I suppose. The Blade, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, 
<laughs> Pretty good. And he keeps that giant uh, grenade launcher in his trunk. Or where? <laughs> no, he went into his house to get it. No, that's the AK-47 with the, um, the grenade launcher attachment. Yeah. Another practical weapon. <laughs> what I didn't know is that there was so many weapons, and I thought, you know, there's no guns there. Where are they getting all these guns from? Yeah, man. Obviously, they're illegal. Yeah, not, even, not even the bobbies have them. Yeah. They're illegal guns. <laughs> and actually, there's a, um, there's a running plot point about that, which is, uh, you know, constantly um, Jason Statham is saying to Tommy, uh, why have you got that gun? Is it because of the Germans? The Germans. <laughs> the Germans. So basically, what you know, he doesn't have a gun. Most people in the in the film don't have a gun, and the only the, the main characters who have guns don't know how to use them, which is the three the three black guys, who are right, after yeah. um, after Bricktop. They they I think they're the funniest funniest uh, in the movie. They're hilarious. Those those guys, Vinnie Soul and Tyrone. Oh yeah, yep. I love those scenes. They're hilarious. That's what I was going to say. Those are my favorite scenes for sure. <laughs> And and the poor guy who just gets caught up and I can't remember his name, but he's the bad boy Yardy. Oh, Gold Goldie. Yeah, I create the bodies. I don't dispose the bodies. <laughs> That's Goldie. Now Goldie, um, he's a he's an interesting character, but he's I don't think I go. I guess you guys haven't heard of him, but he's best known for being a a drum and bass um, musician, and he's actually like a. He created one of the, the definitive drum and bass albums uh, ever ever created, so he's quite well known for that. Here's a little here's a little snatch of that, and I want little snatch. Get it? Here's a little snatch of that. I won't play much, but here we go. what he's doing now which is quite interesting he's taking drum and bass and combining it with uh, trip hop so you've got this kind of very sort of floaty singer and then there's a bow, bow, drum and bass in the background okay uh back snatch keep chatting keep chatting i got the uh do you guys listen to 10 minute podcast sort of 10 minute podcast yes some podcasts are slow and you don't know how long they last. That's why you're listening to 10 Minute Podcast. That's going to sound great with everyone else singing. <laughs> so I found, I, I found the, original, the origination of Jidua. Jidua. It came from Mickey. Mickey says that to Turkish after his, his caravan gets burned down. He says to Turkish, Jidua. Sound just like that. I catch that. That's the, first, that's the first thing I thought of when he said it. That's funny. Sound just like it. Jidua. uh this is great stuff if you guys aren't gun guys you guys gun guys anybody got gun i know tard basket has a few of them because he's from texas right yeah i wish yeah well i'm born i was born with him (laughs) okay well i understand well so uh vinny vinny jones bullet tooth tony carries a right desert eagle Mm -hmm. 0.50 if anybody's ever shot one of those it's not easy. The thing has insane recoil. I mean, I've shot a forty-four Magnum. I've never shot a fifty. I'm sure it's probably around the same. But these mm-hmm. guys, 
throw these guns, they shoot these guns like it's a 22. It's just ridiculous. What's his name? Uh, Avi picks it up and just starts shooting wildly. You know, there's no recoil. It's very unrealistic for somebody who, who knows guns. So it takes you out of the moment. Carol thing. That is true. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know when Vinny is in the, that hallway shooting um, yeah. the blade? I counted the shots, flinging, too. flinging it around. Yes. Unrealistic. It, yeah. Although I did count the shots, and it was correct. He shot eight shots, and then he reloaded. Mm. Although he is very he is very buff, so you, maybe he has better... He's able to be more loose with it. He is very, he's very strong. Probably has very strong shoulders. Richard Parker would probably enjoy him. Mm-hmm. Strong, sure. strong, sexual, milky, smooth <laughs> shoulders. Are you, are you saying this with your shirt still off, Backsack? Yes. I'm, I'm touching my nipples. As it be. <laughs> and speaking, of, speaking of gay thoughts, watching this movie, one of my favorite parts, remember the, the boxer that um, Brad Pitt fights at the end, right? The guy who's mm-hmm. supposed to go down in the fourth. Um, yeah. I always, I always liked, I always wanted to have that guy's body, kind of a big bear type, you know, hairy, hairy chest, not de- not too defined, but muscular, you know, like a big dude. Can you can you describe okay. this some more? <laughs> <laughs> I'd prefer to have Brad Pitt's body. He looked pretty fit in this. No, one. no, he's too skinny. He's oh, no. skinny. He looked good. No, you want to be a big old bear. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy was way bigger than him, man. I was like. <laughs> Wow. I'm like, how are they boxing? And John's like, this is not like legal boxing. This is underground. It's unlicensed boxing. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was strong enough to give him an uppercut, and he flew and became completely perpendic- uh, parallel with the ground. <laughs> That's right. Brad Pitt. Yeah, that was sweet. That's how strong he is. Is that the one where he ends up uh, landing on, on water? Yeah. Right. Yeah. A great sequence, by the way, too. Mm. Where they sh- where yeah. It must have been shot in super slow-mo with one of those. Yeah, it was 800 frames cameras. a second, and it wasn't a phantom, because I thought oh, I was maybe one of those phantoms, but they're dead digital cameras, and of course they weren't around in 2000, so it was a special film camera, which was shot at, I think, 800 frames a second, which is, must have been crazy. And it actually reminded me, I don't know if you, have you seen Under the Skin yet, TB? I have not. Um, it is very much reminding me of Under the Skin, but obviously predating it by quite a few years. But it's, there's a few sequences a bit like that in Under the Skin. So it's an interesting uh, technique, isn't it, with the landing in the water? Okay, any more? Any more from you, Backsack? <clears throat> oh, I've got loads. <laughs> <laughs> no, please carry on. Yeah, um, don't let me stop me. Yeah, the, no, 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 of course not. Um, uh, they gave some of the best lines to Bullet to Tony. Mm. Right. Huh? Huh? What? Mm? Say something? No, no. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Just going on. What was the one <laughs> when he when he puts Mullet's uh, head in the um, in the window and mm. rolls the window up? You're using dog shit for toothpaste, bro. <laughs> 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 I want to say that to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he, when, when he, he goes, flip, flips the radio on, oh, I love this song. I love this song. Uh, I shoot you, Tony. I shoot you. Now, isn't that song he loves? Isn't isn't that uh, Lucky Star by Madonna? Yeah, because he got shot. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was trying yeah. to remember what it was. Guy oh, Ritchie's no. wife, of course, yeah. Yeah, well, um, I made some magical... I didn't even catch... I am so dumb, yeah. Now, I, I read that they, they had to pay a million dollars for that song. That, that has to be bullshit, because yeah. the the I don't think she owns the rights for those records, because it would have been Warner Brothers or Sire back then, I think, who originally... The label she was on originally. Um, so I don't think they could have got a cheap deal, but I don't think they paid a million dollars, because the whole budget for the movie was three million. And they had to pay Brad Pitt something. They didn't pay him his normal rate, but they had to pay him something. Hmm. Yeah. Why didn't they pay him his normal rate? Well, Why? because... Um, oh, sorry. Uh, 
it's a re- it's a low budget oh, movie, and yeah, yeah, it was right. it was actually Brad Pitt who was begging them to be in the movie, um, and so you know for them to do that, they obviously couldn't pay him his normal rate. Right. Um, also, guy when Guy Ritchie met uh, Madonna for the first time. She wanted to be, I think it was after Lockstock, and uh, Trudy Styler, who's Ding's wife, introduced them at some party. Um, and Trudy Styler uh, was one of the primary investors in Lockstock. Um, and uh, Madonna had asked, asked Guy Ritchie if she could be in his next movie, and he said no, flat out no. And that obviously got piqued her interest because she'd found someone who'd said no to her. So then that sort of started off, helped start kick off their relationship. Anyway, more on that later. Back to back sec. <laughs> well, one of my favorite parts, of course, is uh, Bullet Tooth Tony's speech to uh, our, our pawn shop friend in, in uh, Tyrone and mm-hmm. the other guy when they bring the replica guns. <laughs> when, he, when he explains about balls, I always wanted to tell someone they got little mincy faggot balls. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, you smelled, you smelled a nice piece of pussy. The way he pronounces pussy is very... I don't know why you're saying, I would like to do this, I would like... You could do all this in the courtroom shortly. <laughs> I should. I say, ladies, ladies and gentlemen... I present to you. Situ- <laughs> you understand, there's different kinds of balls. There's big balls, and there's little mincy faggot balls. You can relate. Our friend over here... He- <laughs> the prosecution thought he would get in on the action and get some fucking pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, little, little pussy. He's getting little pussy. Pussy. <laughs> uh, just one of my. Th- the best part about this movie is just the accents. Just sit there and listen to them. The way they say things. Hand me the binoculars. That's a good one. <laughs> like that. And when, uh, Bricktop. Bricktop. By the way, do you know who is he? Is he someone? Another actor? Was he in something? Why? He's, he's he doesn't a... seem right for this part. Oh my god! You've got to be joking. He's, he's a brilliant actor. He's not scary. He's a little. Oh, you not scary. to be kidding. He's absolutely terrifying. Just look at it. Look at his. He looks look like an old teeth. male with dementia. Yeah, I can't look, look at, at those teeth, teeth, man. <laughs> I was watching terrible. on a big screen, and of course, but you know, you watch it on a, a ten-foot screen. His teeth. Do you are know massive. what Nemesis is? <laughs> so I had to, I had to actually put my hand over his teeth, you know, over my eyes, kind of thing. Um, now, this is a quote you mean. Quote you mean, Baxter? Do you know what Nemesis means? <laughs> a righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent, personified in this case by an audible cunt. Uh-huh. Me. <laughs> An horrible cunt. Me. He is scary as fuck, isn't he, TB? Oh, for sure. I don't know what I don't know what Sack is talking about. I thought he was great. I think he he had a very, very small role in Lockstock, and Guy Ritchie brought him back because Guy Ritchie had, had sort of um, consulted with a lot of real gangsters for Lockstock, and he put them in small roles in the, in the movie, and a lot of them were rubbish, they couldn't act. And he brought back Alan Ford in a, in a much, much bigger role, because he, he can properly act. I mean, he is a great, I think he's a great actor, very fucking scary. I mean, the whole thing with the pigs, that whole speech scared the shit out of me. He's a good actor, I'll give him that, but just physically, he's not very, he's not imposing. <sighs> you don't all. need to be, though, because he, he hires the heavies, and he just intimidates, doesn't he? Yeah. I was I always thought I would be good as one of the random tough guys in a group like that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because he's not yeah. as huge as you. <laughs> yeah, he's not. <laughs> he likes the bears. That's ex- that's we already learned this. Right. <laughs> yeah, they also for all the backstory they do, they don't really get into how Bricktop is basically the the biggest gangster in the the local area, and also 
at, at the fight, there's two guys who clearly seem like yeah. his superior or business influences or something like that. And you never, I don't even know if they're given names. Like They're just like, business as- associates he's trying to hook them up. So... Yeah, we definitely need more characters in this movie. If no, I don't think they were a superior to him. I think they were kind of on a similar level. He was he'd right. done deals yeah. with them in order to um, fix the fight. That's all it was, and he might be getting a cut from their winnings. And they're obviously not very happy. <laughs> not very happy when it all goes wrong, pear shaped. Well, we don't know. I mean, it's 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 one of the I I don't know. Either explain who they are or don't have them. Like, mm. uh, I think it's trying to show that Bricktop. I don't think he's at the top of the food chain. He's just kind of a middle, mm-hmm. you know, a, a middle range guy too. You know, mm-hmm. he has to make good with these guys who put down bets and lost money on him because he had the tips. Mm. I don't think he's at the top. That's kind of my assumption as well. But uh, then again, we're all we're all assuming here. Like, why? Uh, t- given everything else that this movie explains, it's it's weird that they don't also tell you who these guys are. Why mm. not throw two more characters in? Now, Jackie, uh, this was actually your yes. movie choice, so and this is the first time you've seen it, right? Yes, it is. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't really know too much like what it was about um, specifically, like what the plot was going to be. Um, I just it was just one of those movies I'd always heard was a really cool movie, and I'd never seen it, so I thought, sure, let's add it to the list. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned before, I had a really hard time with the accents, and I really <laughs> wanted. Close captioning because <laughs> I was focusing so much on like what are they saying and then I was like losing track of the plot and like what was going on and there's so many characters and mm. I could definitely watch this again and I think I would like it a lot more. There were some really fun scenes though that I really liked. So overall, it wasn't like one of my favorite movies, but there were some really good scenes. Mm. Um, I liked uh when the first time they try to rob the bookie, um, <laughs> and the chick is the like, bookies. All bets are off. <laughs> What? And she's like, I have no money. <laughs> All um, bets are off. I love the pointing. That was brilliant. She's great, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, it was. That scene was great. So. <laughs> I loved that. That scene was actually based on a uh, real incident. So, uh, so I think it was Guy Ritchie or, or one of the guys was uh, watching um, uh, those late night TV shows about crimes gone wrong. And so they just took like all these different little incidents and put them all into the into that sequence. So... The thing where they can't they can't open the door because it opens inwards. That's real. Somebody did that. They got stuck in there. They got caught by the coppers because they they couldn't work the door because they didn't realize it opened from open inwards. Um, and the th- I've seen the video of somebody um, sticking a gun through those shutters and then the shutters going up and them hanging from. I've seen that video. So they're all they're all real things. Obviously, they didn't all happen to the same people, but it was pretty funny that sequence. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jackie, I. The first time I watched this, this was like the fourth or fifth time I've seen this movie for for the show. Um, but uh-huh. the first time I watched, it, I had the same reaction. I couldn't, I could not tell what was going on at the plot <laughs> at all. But I think one of the strengths of the movie is that there are so many kind of individual scenes that are still yeah. entertaining, even if you aren't especially following the plot that well. Where mm. yeah, that's I totally like agree. that. Yeah, I think that really redeems it as opposed to something like. Um, the usual suspects, where I think the usual suspects is only good if you can follow the plot and what's going mm. on. I like the uh, yeah. I don't. I always. I never really pay that much attention to the kind of 
the motivations of the characters in a movie and and I mean the plot you obviously have to follow to some degree but I never really I never really follow that closely but I didn't find it particularly difficult to follow all the different plots in this maybe because I understood what they were saying I didn't need subtitles but um um what I did like about it was that there were all these different intertwining plots and it's a bit like a sort of extended uh, episode of Seinfeld where you've got all these different uh, plot strands all eventually uh, merging. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Con- converging into one. You know, particularly yeah. that scene where there's a, they're driving down the street and they throw the milk and then a guy crashes and yada yada yada. So I think that worked very very well. Um, yeah, I like that. Although it doesn't really necessarily have to make any sense. I don't think you know making all the connections between Benicio del Toro. What's he doing? And you know all that sort of stuff. Who cares? You know, and I couldn't understand anything he said. Benicio del Toro. You can't understand what he's saying anyway. And he suddenly suddenly puts on some kind of weird accent. I've no idea what accent he was doing. He's doing his re- Israeli uh, accent. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. Puppy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's things I do, uh, probably a lot you don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, have any of you guys ever been um, punched out when you are dr- super drunk? And does it feel like you're underwater? <laughs> I've never been punched out and knocked out, but I've been hit in the face very hard drunk. You does see it stars. Feel like you're underwater? <laughs> no, I never, I never got knocked I just, out. I wondered if uh, that was supposed to be kind of like how it feels or something. They're trying to. Like, yeah, I could. I don't know. I, I just see that. Where that came from. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to represent. Sure. That was a really cool scene. Um, I, I like the stylistic part of this movie. You know, those mm-hmm. quick cut scenes, like when the guy was going to uh, over to England and when he was going back to America, the, you know, passport stamping and all that stuff was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Funny. Fun. Very stylistic movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, the soundtrack was great as well. Oh, yeah. The, I love the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although individual songs from it don't necessarily work outside that. But I like, you know, the, the, I think Guy Ritchie was trying to put in songs that he grew up with. So I recognize a lot of those songs. So I'm a similar sort of age to him. Uh, but he couldn't get the ones he really wanted because he approached all these different bands and they were being difficult and they wanted too much money or they wanted different songs in there or whatever. So, um, but I do, yeah, I do like all the little sound cues like ghost town by the specials and they're really good. Actually. Very good. Um, I also really liked the scene where the, um, the pawnbrokers, <laughs> what do you, um, the getaway guy, uh, ty, um, what's his name again? Tyrone. 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 Tyrone yeah. <laughs> he, he like reverses the car right into the, <laughs> <laughs> the van <laughs> truck or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's directly behind you. <laughs> <laughs> it was a funny angle. What do you mean? It was behind you. When you go in reverse, things come up behind you. It's it's yeah, very slapstick, isn't it? Yeah, actually. Uh, yeah. Um, I was going to say, oh, that whole sequence in the car was, I just, I was just cracking up, especially when the dog was attacking them, because I think you could tell in the final cut, that dog was not acting. That dog was attacking them. Um, and the, some of the scenes they cut out or some of the uh, sequences they cut out were when um, the dog uh, was basically trying to hump Lenny James from Walking Dead. Um He's constantly trying to hump in the, in the back in the back of the car, mm-hmm. and then there's a sequence. You know the sequence where in the, they're in like an office, and then Vinnie Jones is there, I think. With uh, I don't know if Abby's there, I can't remember. But the the dogs running around trying to bite people. Remember that sequence? Sure. Yeah. Um, and in that sequence, the dog leaped leaped up and bit Lenny Lenny James on the cock <laughs> for real. And you see, I think you see it in the movie actually. Bit him on <laughs> and. <laughs> He, they had to the stop filming on the old Pekka route. They had to stop filming, and uh, he'd actually bitten 
uh, Lenny James had his mobile phone in his pocket and he'd bitten through the mo- into the mobile phone and if he didn't have his phone in his pocket he could have lost his cock so at that point they stopped filming he, he has to go off in an ambulance so everyone's panicking a bit and that point they go right we're replacing the dog so they replaced the dog with a female dog a bitch um, but the bitch was um, so harsh <laughs> the, do- the female dog the female dog let's call her um was did had different coloring, so it's all white. So what they did was they basically painted the dog to look like the first one, and uh, he was and she was fine. But that dog was going mental in that. You could see it quite clearly in the car. He was going absolutely mental. You know, actually, that sequence. I don't know if you remember, but the bit where he's basically jumping on the back of Lenny James and biting his through his coat. That was just for real. That wasn't scripted or anything. I think there was a few points like that. Um, one of the best was when Brad Pitt when they were having the. Uh, the chase with the dogs after the hare, mm-hmm. and they're discussing terms. And Brad Pitt's walking up to Turkish and uh, Tommy, and the dog jumps up and tries to bite Brad Pitt, and he look, he goes, ah, "Fucker!" <laughs> just a great little little, <laughs> little spot right there. Yeah, <laughs> fucker, <Yeah>. fucker. <laughs> Love that. Spe- speaking of Soul and Walking Dead, he was he was only in two episodes of Walking Dead, but mm. he was in the best two episodes in the entire series, mm. which are. Uh, the ones where Morgan appears, the black guy. When he hmm. when Lenny James plays Morgan, the black guy. Oh, you're saying he plays a black fellow in the. Walking <laughs> Dead. He's a he's a character actor. <laughs> oh, he's such he's so typecast, isn't he? Playing these black guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was in, he was in the first episode, and he was in one of I think it's like the fourth season where uh, he Grimes finds him in back. the house. Yeah. yeah, yeah, goes back to goes back and finds him. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So th- those were the two best episodes of that entire show. Mm. He's the one who had little mincy faggot balls. <laughs> <laughs> I just liked, um, you know, just kind of the seedy element throughout and like kind of the, the weird things going on with that. When they raid Boris's stash house or whatever, in addition to the guns, they find there's a whole shitload of uh, three and a half inch discs. Mm-hmm. Like if you look in that little pit. Yeah. It's like, what hmm. the... Yeah, this this movie came out in two thousand. They weren't like what's what they've moved on by then. No, 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 not at all. They were still being used in two thousand because you know late nineties is when you first saw CDs and stuff, and flash drives weren't really being used until sort of early two thousand. So they would have been used. He's a former KGB thug, so those are probably um, uh, secrets that he stole mm. back in the day. He still ain't that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was thinking as well. Just gave him just gave him a little bit of color that you know yeah. a, a worse movie wouldn't have done. Um, also there, there are so many minor characters who might only have five lines, but yet you remember them from this movie, like the twins. Right. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) You told us. I love those twins. Those twins are pretty sexy. Actually. There's something about them. It's a weird look. Yeah. yeah. It's all weird looking, but they're pretty sexy. No, they look good. No. There's some good looking twins. What is wrong with you guys? What? You guys are crazy. Why? Todd and I have good taste in women and, and Backsack likes big hairy guys. (laughs) <laughs> uh, guilty as charged <laughs> you you both have horrible taste in women no i'm not yeah, saying like they're right. they're not like hot hot they're, hot they're just something they're no. weird they're definitely weird but there's something sexy about them isn't there mm-hmm. they're yeah they have that, and... that telepathic link so if, if you're in bed with them <laughs> extra special things would happen <laughs> Um, all right, all right calm, da- calm down, mate. <laughs> so I wanted to remind myself what they looked like, so I Googled something that I probably shouldn't know. Uh-oh. What, sexy, t- sexy twins? Oh, no! Twins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Do they, do they have any? Do they have any's or outies? Oh boy. Speaking of the Snatch Twin, uh, Nicola Collins is the the more established of the two, but she's a uh, director now. After this, they, I think both of them only did like one or two more movies in in bit roles, kind of mm-hmm. that deal. Yeah. Um, but Nicola Collins, I I guess she is a she was a fashion photographer, director, that that kind of deal. So after this, she kind of did cover work for Vogue, Elle, and Stella McCartney, whatever whatever that is. So. Well, Stella McCartney would be a pretty successful fashion designer and daughter of Paul McCartney. Yes. I, yep. There you go. I figured it, I figured it was something weird and British. Stella McCartney. No, Stella Stella McCartney. What? Stella Jackie's heard of Stella McCartney, haven't you, Jackie? Yes, she's very successful. Yeah. Yeah. She's not like a, you know, it's not like a little hobby. She's pr- properly successful. Yeah. She's yeah. like the Lauren Conrad of England. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> don't, know, don't know who that is. LC? Slightly more, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Speaking of guys with bit parts, what about poor Gary who was fed to the pigs? Remember him? He's the one where he says, uh, i do you proud. Oh, you, that one, yeah. You reckon yeah. that's what they should do? Do me proud. <laughs> <laughs> You do have all the characteristics of a dog, don't you, Gary? Pull your tongue out of my asshole, Gary. Dogs do that. Pull your tongue out of my asshole. <laughs> You're not a dog, are you, Gary? He eats grasses as well, and he does does the grass too, doesn't he? Would what? Okay, a grass is a snitch. <laughs> so he kills the snitch, doesn't he? We're not from England. Yeah, England. We don't know about lifts and lorries. He's grassed him up, and he governor. Okay. Oh, that's what that means. <laughs> a grass is a, a grass is a snitch, and actually, the the uh, back in the days of the IRA, there were uh, uh, people in the IRA who would basically sort of you know turn over other guys, and they were known as super grasses. And there's a band called Supergrass. Anyway, let's we digress. There's also a super tramp. Super tramp, yes. More from Steege. Oh, the the boxing scenes, pretty much all of them. Whether we're talking about the. Uh, the the unlike the unlicensed unlicensed fight at the gypsy campground or any of the fights in a ring they are all shot rocky style and it's great that makes them much more entertaining to watch um and also uh, like just they even for unlicensed boxing they seem to have no rules you can the, the ref is getting angry that the that uh Brad Pitt that Mickey is not kicking the guy while he's down and finishing him off like it's it's just <laughs> It's just a little it's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, and even even at the um even at the campground, Gorgeous George cheap shots Mickey as he's taking off his jacket even though he's surrounded by angry gypsies and pikeys and he doesn't seem to think this is a big deal at all. Like, oh no, this is just how you fight. So, yeah. Not going to let that uh little jippo get to drop on you. <laughs> I, you know, I think I might let him take off his jacket if I was surrounded by fifty screaming, angry chippos, as they, as they say. By the, the way, movie. though, that's exactly what he wanted. Though that's what got him going. He got punched at least three times, thrown into a fence. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically got pummeled, and he just gets up, stretches, pulls his leg back. Ah, just getting going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, a little unrealistic. Well, Brad, Brad Pitt's fighting method is somewhat odd, where. It it does seem like in the other fights he just gets pissed off and just hits him. Like the second he gets hit, he just counters um, and knocks him with a punch. Um, but yeah, 
It's a bit like in that Tom Hardy movie where he's also playing a bare knuckle fighter, I think. It's the kind of, I guess it's some kind of movie trope that the bare knuckle, you know, the good bare knuckle fighter, you don't realize, you don't, you don't realize that he's going to be a good fighter. And then all he does is, you know, lamp somebody with one punch and they're, and they're down immediately. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to knock someone out with one punch. Mm. Yes. It doesn't happen that often. Mm. And, and also just uh, flat out knock them out. Like normally, yeah. like movie, movies get that wrong all the time where if you're, mm-hmm. if you're straight out for more than a minute, you normally are brain damaged. Like mm-hmm. people don't lose consciousness for long periods of time. I've, I've seen people get sucker punched and go down and they're, they're, they go out for a few seconds. But if yeah. you're actually in a proper fight, your adrenaline is gone. You can take a lot of punishment. And you don't realize it till afterwards. You go, oh, fuck, my teeth are gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember I was at a uh, a Fear show. You know, the band Fear, Leaving. Anybody mm-hmm. heard of Leaving? Okay. I went to a show. It was like 1994 at the Palace in uh, LA, Hollywood. And there was nothing but skinheads there. There was skinheads and huge Mexican guys. I guess they love Fear. And I remember being in the pit, and it was just a bunch of huge skinheads running around, and I saw at least two guys just get punched right in the face and go right down. It was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. I survived, but anyway. (laughs) Oh, did you now? Were you in the mosh pit? Yeah, I stood right in the middle. I found a really huge dude to stand next to. I was like 16. And uh, find that big bear? He he looked over (laughs) at me, and he goes, (laughs) I found found the big bear. You hung on tight. He he looked over at me, and he said, you picked a good guy to stand next to. <laughs> I said, that's right. And I just stood I'll, in the middle I'll of the I'll take care it. of your pretty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, and that guy was Scott Colbath, but I think I'll refrain from saying that. <laughs> uh, fear, I believe, is the, uh, fear, I believe, is the only band to be uh, banned from Saturday Night from Live. Saturday Night Live. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That, if you watch that on YouTube, it's a great clip. They get uh, all the punks from outside. They brought them in, and they just went nuts. <laughs> I will say that this movie does fall into the category that I say is a good movie. I put it in the good. I put a check mark on the good side because okay. this is a movie where. Ho- let me write that down. Hold that? on. Did you guys get it? I put it, put it in the good category because this is one of those movies like The Big Lebowski where you can rewatch it multiple times and still see things that are new to you and mm-hmm. you're not you know you're not bored watching it again. You you want to watch it again. So there's I have a very small list of movies that. That I, I put in the good, good. category. <laughs> good. I'm still not getting this kind of joke. It must be come, cause some kind of clever joke that TB's doing, but it's too clever for me. You're right, TB. I've, I've yeah, seen this his movie. His jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they always make sense. They, they go great, don't they? I've seen this movie at least 25 times, and I still know wow. this stuff. One of the best one wow. was uh, where he says, uh, I think it's uh, Tommy says, who, who took the jam out of your donut? I'm gonna use yeah, that that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> you took the jam out of my donut. <laughs> I like that one. Um, but going back to what T was saying about it being a good movie, which I still don't get. Um, this is an interesting one actually because you know I went I went ahead and watched it without you know doing any looking up any stats or anything. I went and watched it. I thought, and I was saying to Teebs actually off off air that uh, this is one of those movies where I watched it and then halfway through I just put down my notes and I wrote the last thing I wrote in my notes is this is really good and I just put down my notes because there's nothing really I could sort of um, make make criticisms or comments about because it's just 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 brilliant um but interestingly so yes the users in other words the um consumers love this movie so on imdb it's at 8.3 which is very high it's number 91 
in the top 250 and that's with one about half a million reviews which is a lot of reviews um but the, the critics were not fans actually and the the meta score is quite low i think it's about 55 or something um and so you've got people like uh, roger ebert who gave it gave it um didn't recommend it go two out of four stars which is not recommended and he gave uh Lockstock three stars so i don't know i mean maybe um i don't i don't th- i mean you know Lockstock and um snatch have basically the same rating on imdb but Lockstock got um, better reviews from the critics, and it may be that you know the the novelty was wearing off. But I think they're equally good, really. I couldn't really, I don't know about you guys, but I couldn't really say if one was better than the other. I think they're both very good, don't you? I think uh, Snatch was the first exposure um, to Guy Ritchie over here for I think a lot of people. Like, no, I no, saw, Lockstock I was, was Lockstock was a big hit in the US, um, relatively speaking. They made a shitload quite, of money out of quite, it. Quite, quantify big hit. Millions of dollars. I mean, it wasn't like yeah. it, you know, it did because it did good business. Snatch only Snatch only made thirty million. That's pretty good. US. Seeing as seeing as they made it for three million dollars, and that's one territory. That's not bad. I think I think Lockstock. It wouldn't surprise me if the popularity of that was after Snatch. Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind a, of like how <laughs> Reservoir yeah. Dogs got like Reservoir Dogs. I, I, not. I disagree. I I remember I remember distinctly hearing all about Lockstock. Yeah. It was a big deal. I was into Tarantino and. You know, I heard all about it. Like I saw uh, Reservoir Dogs in a tiny little art house theatre uh, when it first came out because nobody knew who the hell this guy was and he made it for no money on 16 mil. And then Pulp Fiction, then, you know, when you go to see Pulp Fiction, that came out in the West End. I think with things like Lockstock and, and Snatch, um, you don't ne- they don't necessarily have to be theatrical hits. They can just be big hits on DVD and... Uh, yeah, but there there's even degrees when it comes to cult hits. I mean, Lockstock its gross mm. was three point six million. Mm-hmm. So Snatch, Snatch, and Snatch its initial audience was even ten times that of Lockstock, which is why. Sorry, what I was going to say was it's more kind of like they made a cultural impact. So it doesn't necessarily matter. I mean, because it's just kind of a grand, groundbreaking gangster film. It's in a groundbreaking British British film globally in that it was a, a new type of movie. So you you know you get the influencers who see it. You know. Maybe even people like Madonna, she wanted to do... She actually um, put... I think she put the soundtrack for Lockstock on her own label. And so that kind of gets you an in into Hollywood. I mean, if you see what um, Guy, Ritchie, Guy Ritchie has done since, uh, you know, he's pretty success- He's become a fairly successful director now. So it's more kind of an in for him, you know, rather than being a huge success. And I think culturally, for certain, a certain demographic, it was, this was a, a big film. But I, I, I see your point about the... General audience, uh, uh, Steve. I don't think it was a big hit in the flyover states. No, no, no. Well, also, I, I, I'm I'm from Hollywood, so I know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of those big Hollywood lawyers, like Jim Belushi in The Defenders, yeah. right? Exactly. We've seen that show, uh, uh, <laughs> Backsack. No, I don't watch. Yeah, shows. Put, it's you know really what, funny. You know what Zach does? You know what Zach does in the courtroom? He whips out that harmonica and he goes to town. All the all the women in the jury swoon. <laughs> Okay, I still don't get any of your jokes, TV. But I'm laughing at that one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of imagine him as like um, a Joe Pesci kind of lawyer, you know, like in. Uh... <laughs> no, I don't. No, I, I do the. I, do, I pull the Lionel Hutz. So I say, uh, "What color tie am I wearing?" <laughs> oh, I think you'll be shocked. <laughs> this might shock and discredit you. I'm not wearing a tie at all. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I did win your case, so the pizza's free. But you did win. <laughs> oh, that's okay. The box is empty. 
All right, uh, uh, Teebs, any, any more comments from Teebs? No, that's it. Um, I, I guess... Wait, uh, wait, recap. What, what did you think of this movie? Is it... Good? <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you guys were paying attention, I, I put the checkbox <laughs> check on the good side. There's a little square there. I colored that one in. How, how many good. O's in that good? How many, how many O's do you have in there? That's a good question. Oh, I don't know, man. This, this is... This, I use my words. I don't use my, my writings. Hey, uh, so Guy Ritchie, mm-hmm. has he done anything good since Snatch? Rock and, rock and Rolla. Is Rock and Rolla good? I thought, I thought that was a, yes. some kind of disappointment. No. I haven't seen it myself. I think, yeah, he did. Uh, so, okay, his, his full filmography, excluding, excluding short films, Lock, Stock, Snatch. Now, he did Swept Away with Madonna, which is a complete disaster. Oh. And I haven't seen that. But I, I don't like Guy, Guy Ritchie as a person. He seems like a complete dick. And he's also a Mockney twat. Now, a Mockney is someone who's pretending to be a Cockney because he comes from a very, very privileged background. But he's putting on a Cockney accent and tries to hang out with gangsters because he, you know, that's where he wants to ingratiate himself with them. Um, it was very noticeable when he was doing the commentary that as the as the film went on, his accent went from posh to Cockney to really, really, really broad Cockney. Nice. So it's complete put on. Anyway, so swept away. But yeah, I don't like him as a person. But I, I like virtually all his movies. So I liked he did Revolver in two thousand and five, which I liked. Rock and Roller, which you mentioned back, Zach, also like that as well. And I don't think either of those were particularly big hits, though, unfortunately. I did like them, though. Do you like those back, Zach? I do. I haven't seen Revolver. I'm, I keep meaning to. It keeps coming up on my... It's uh, worth a look. I think Rock and Roller is better, to be honest. Um, yeah. And then, Roller is great. I love that movie. And then, of course, he did, he did two, Sherlock Holmes, two Sherlock Holmes movies, which made a shitload of money. So, And he's got a couple of... But were they other... actually good? Yeah, of course they were. Have you not seen them? Okay. I don't know if they were good... <laughs> They were good. They're good. They're good. 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 I see he's making The Man from Uncle. A he movie is, yeah. Of the yeah. Man from Uncle. Yeah. He hasn't done that many and, movies. Uh, King Arthur movie. Ooh, mm. what's that? King Arthur. Ugh. King Arthur. Kingdom of Heaven. It's the feature film version of the classic Sir Lancelot story. Idris Elba is the only one cast, or rumored to be cast. I wonder if he'll be King Arthur. Maybe he'll be King Arthur. Maybe he'll be the Black King Arthur, right? Oi, I'm going to pull this, this sword out this rock. God. I, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Guess I wasn't meant to be king. <laughs> Little minty faggot ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Neil, I, I want to know, are yeah. there just certain areas the police do not go into in London? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you saw, oh there, I see what you're saying. There's a two-car there's a two car, car crash. Like in the middle of a street with fifty people there, mm. and everyone just stumbles into a bar to have another extended scene where there's gunfire, and there are no police to be seen anywhere in that scene. Yeah, they only turn up right at the end, don't they? Yeah, it's a good point. Well, the police don't have guns, so what? Yeah. <laughs> they, don't want they do. They do have guns, but you know, the average <laughs> the guy walking around the street doesn't have a gun. But if there's gunfire, they send in the uh, the armed police. Certainly, they send in the super super bobbies. It takes them a while to get there. Do <laughs> you think that scene was a bit of a homage to uh, Pulp Fiction, where there was a similar car crash and onlookers? Just kind of reminded me of it. Mm. You know, a scene I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what scene you're talking about. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the thinking. I, I don't know. Just throughout the movie, I kept thinking, oh, this is this is going to be one of those ones where there's no police. 
Um, mm. And at the end, it's it's not even like there's a beat cop at the end. It's it seems like those guys are investigators or Scotland Yard or something. The, well, they're Sweeney Todd, I think. They're Flying Squad. Uh, and actually, they wanted to make them look like there's a, there's a TV show from the 70s called Sweeney. And Sweeney is with reference to Sweeney Todd, which is Cockney rhyming slang for Flying Squad. Um, and they wanted those two detectives to look like the Sweeney because, they, in other words, they wanted to look ugly. And they actually wanted to look like villains because traditionally, if you see a police guy uh, in, a, in a movie, he's good looking. They didn't want him to look like that. So they actually look like villains. Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Mm-hmm. Sweeney Todd, flying squad. Yes, it's back. It's the Totally Tropical Quiz special Backsack Memorial Edition because uh, Backsack requested a quiz this week. Uh, this week we have two rounds of 10 questions each. Jackie's the scorekeeper. Thank you, Jackie. And let's have test out your buzzers. Jackie buzzes in with... Jackie. Todd buzzes in with... Todd. Steve buzzes in with... Steve. And Backsack buzzes in with... Zach. Zach. Uh... <laughs> Okay. Is this a heavy universe? <laughs> Round one, question number one. Fingers on buzzers. A London card sharp's pals enter him into a high stakes card game, then must pay a huge sum within a week. It's from 1998. Sack, Steve. That was just sack. Lock, stock, and two smoking yeah. breath. Boom. From 1998, that's correct. Theme. Uh, 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 sorry, Teeb theme. Teeb, Teeb theme. I'm going to go with Jason Statham movies. Question number two. An unlicensed boxing promoter. Sack, Sack. Jackie, Jackie. <laughs> that was Sack, Sack, Steve, Steve, Jackie, Jackie. So I think it was just Sack. Sorry, Steve. Snatch. Boom. Theme. From 2000. And theme. back Sack theme. Guy Ritchie movies. Question number three. Ah. The British... Jackie. uh, uh, Stephen theme. British movies. Jackie theme. Movies about um, crime rings. Question number three. (laughs) No, you can't guess twice, Saki. You've (laughs) got to wait. Question number three. (laughs) Fingers on buzzers. The British troop sketches include gluttony, birth control, and total... Sorry, Steve, it was just Sack again. Mm, I know it. Monty Python's The Meaning of Life? Boom. From 1983. Question number four, fingers on buzzers. An American flirts with a crook, a barrister, and a mercenary to find diamonds in London. It's from 1988. Stars, uh, okay, uh, Sack. A Fish Called Wanda? Boom. That is correct. Wow. Sack is t- is running away with a quiz. Is he is he um got them all so far, Jax? Um, TB got snatch. Right? Oh right. Wait. No. Yeah. No. Yes. No, I got no. snatch. Did I write down the wrong thing? Yeah, sorry. Okay, yes. then yes, you got them all. Question number. Theme. Can I theme? Uh, back sack theme. Movies set in London. Question number five. An aimless TV salesman and his best pal must save their friends and Todd. Shaun of the Dead. Boom. From 2004. Steve theme. Steve theme. Films by British directors. Question number six. Todd. uh, Todd. Low budget 
London Town Director <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> Question number six. Brian is born on the original Christmas. Sack. Sack. Life of Brian? Boom. From 1979. Question number seven. A British constable feels certain foul play is afoot when a series of sacks... Hot fuzz. Boom. From 2007. Now, somebody watched that last week. (laughs) Yeah, I did. All right, of course. Uh, Question number eight. Two hitmen have strange and life-changing experiences while hiding out in the medieval city. Todd. Todd. In Bruges? Boom. From 2008. Question number nine. A jobless steel worker in need of quick cash persuades his unbuff buddies. Steve. Steve. The full Monty. Boom. From 1997. Yeah. All right. Question 10. On the board. Question 10. (laughs) King Arthur and his knights embark on a low budget search for the grail. Steve. Jackie. 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 I got it. It was just, just sack, sack. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Boom. That is correct for that's the final question of the round. Can we have a score update, please, Jackie? Um, can I guess the theme? Theme. Uh, movies with accents I can't understand. Now, everyone should, should maybe throw in some guesses because we've had a guess that was very, very close, but not quite. Todd. These, are, these Yes, Todd. Cult classic England town movies. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to have to tell you. It was... Someone said British movies, but it's it's actually a list of the best British comedies. Mm. Um, so are those comedies? pretty close. Like, we, yeah, are, are they are they all by British directors? Uh, well, it's not. You don't get to choose the theme. <laughs> I do. I would I not. I would not call the, In Bruges a comedy. I, I just, now, oh, it's hilarious. Comedy. It's definitely a comedy. Now you got to bear in mind that it's a list that someone else came up with. Um, and I actually think yeah. I, don't, I disagree with some of these choices. So I yeah. think they went. Whoever went, came up with that list has mincy little facts. <laughs> I think they went with. They just were lazy and went with the highest grossing movies on IMDb that had the comedy in the genre. You know, because if you can have, in IMDb, for example, you can have comedy, you can have drama, thriller, you can have a bunch of different categories in there. So you could put these into different categories apart from comedy. But there you go. Anyway. All right, so no one got that. Um, no one got the theme, but uh, can we have a score update, please, Jackie? Sure thing. I have no points. This is not shocking. <laughs> <laughs> TB has... Oh, wait, sorry. S. Greenwell has one. Mm-hmm. TB has two. And BSAC is uh, winning with seven. No problem. That's right, bitches. Okay, round two, question number one. Fingers on buzzers. Again, uh, theme to guess. An evil genius must create a powerful new opponent after defeating his heroic nemesis leaves him without purpose. It's from 2010? Todd. Yes, Todd. Is it Despicable Me? Very close, very close. It is animated. Stars Will Ferrell. Oh, what is that movie? Oh, Jesus. That, that movie was a turd, whatever it was. Yeah. It was okay. Not great. The Oblongs. Five seconds thinking time. Uh, Monsters? <laughs> it was Megamind from 2010. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Question cool. two, fingers on buzzers. A psychiatrist finally believes a patient who claims to be a time traveler sent to 1996. Sack. Uh, sack. Terry Gilliams. Um, Five, four, three, 
two, one. Steve. Shit. Steve. Um, shit. Bye. 12 Monkeys? Boom. Yep, that's it. 12 Monkeys from 1995. Question three. A Detroit comic book store clerk and his floozy wife flee to Hollywood Sack. with Sack. True Romance. Boom. True Romance from 1993. No one's guessed the theme yet. Question four. Danny Ocean and his gang. Sack. Sack. <laughs> Sack. Ocean's 12. And his gang. <laughs> Plot revenge. Jackie. Dad. Ocean's... Thirteen. Boom. <laughs> That's correct. From two thousand seven. <laughs> I knew it wasn't. Theme Jackie. Theme Jackie. Brad Pitt movies. Boom. 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 boom, boom. <laughs> Question number five. Yes! Jackie's mountaineer combat comeback. Question five. Fingers and buzzers. I know. I have two. Two young professionals create an underground club when men Steve. can compete. Jackie. Compete Back. when men can compete with Steve. Fight club. Boom. From nineteen ninety nine. Question six. An allied officer and his team of Jewish so- soldiers. Jackie. <laughs> no, Todd was Jackie, first. Jackie, Jackie. Todd was first. No, I got that. No, no. there's a delay. Sorry, t- sorry, back sec. <clears throat> Inglorious Bastards. Boom. From 2009. And question seven, fingers on buzzers. A parolee organizes a gang to steal $150 million Sack. from Sack. Ocean's Eleven. Boom. From 2001. Question number eight. An Arkansas waitress and a housewife shoot a rapist. Todd. And Todd. Thelma and Louise. Boom. From 1991. Mm. Question nine. Benjamin Button is... Sack. <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> it was Sack and TB almost um, simultaneously, but I think Sack was just slightly ahead. That's right. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Boom. From 2008. Benjamin Button. <laughs> Now, TB, is that a good movie? No, no, no. That one doesn't go in the good. I think it's a bad movie. That one goes in, that one goes in the category. <laughs> and I put that in movies, movies I, I liked, but I will never see again. Mm, a movie I hated and never seen again. Question number 10. To pay back his casino boss, Terry Benedict. Jackie. Todd. Ocean's 12. Boom. From that 2004. And that concludes the round and the quiz. Can we have the final scores, please, Jackie? Yes. I still came in last place with two. Ooh, yes. had three. Ooh. <laughs> three. TB had five. Ooh. And BSAC had... Oh, she dropped out. <laughs> oh. Uh, what? Oh. <laughs> Talk about a cliff, oh, yeah. about a cliffhanger. <laughs> Find out next well. week. And back Can you not hear me? No. no. Say it again. Hello? Say, say back sacks yeah, sure. again. Well, okay. Back sack had oh, yeah. 10. Thank you. You know what I did? You know what I did to that quiz? I fucking legally and sexually dominated. Sexually dominated it. <laughs> legally and sexually? You treated it like a big bear of a man, didn't you? Exactly. <laughs> I fucked it like that big old bear would fuck it. Just took you, flipped you over, did you missionary style? Oh, disgusting animal. Okay, um, excellent. Well done there, Backsack. Congratulations on dominating TB sexually and whatever else you said. Are you sufficiently cowed, TB? (laughs) Woo! Woo! (laughs) How's it feel? You need a cigarette now? TB, I I have a question for you. Sure. Is is the little one with you? Is Todito with you? No, he's not. But I'm in an uncomfortable position. <laughs> oh, 
It's excuses now. Oh, in the back mm-hmm. of the Volkswagen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm flipped over. <laughs> Spread wide. Being sexually dominated by Max Zach. <laughs> in the back of a Volkswagen. I'm currently puckering. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, let's move on to movies we've seen recently. Who would like to go first with any movies they've seen recently? Back Zach, have you seen any movies recently? Um, you know, I, what did I see? I saw in honor of our dearly departed uh, comedian friend, Mister Robin Williams. You watched I Popeye? Saw Jumanji. Oh, yeah. No, I watched Jumanji for the first time ever. I oh, really? Yeah, it was underwhelming. It got going towards the end, but the beginning was I. It was rough. Isn't that like a With Kirsten those, Dunst movie? I don't think Rob, is Robert Williams yeah, even in it. Yeah, she's she's very young in it. Mm. It brings up the uh, yeah, what was the um, yeah. Brian Bald Brian's thing where if you if you jerk off to, <laughs> to someone. Who you thought you thought they were hot? Steve has the, uh... experience with this one. Yeah, Baxter he hasn't heard he? uh, last week's episode. Oh, has he? I didn't hear yeah. it. No, he hasn't because it was on. Uh, it was for Hook, wasn't it? And uh, it's not on Hook. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> Steve was saying how much he was enjoying watching a seven-year-old daughter of Robin Williams in the movie because he was really oh, into how... her. <laughs> how, how dare you? I said no such thing. <laughs> it's exactly what you said, Steve. What's wrong with you, buddy? <laughs> It's okay because he was seven years old at the time, or twelve, or fifteen, or eighteen. Yeah. I can't remember what he, what because he, said. he is a, the exact same age. It's okay. No, you're you're conflating my uh, my opinion about Lindsay Lohan in Mean Girls. No, I've got it on tape, young man. You said you were really into that seven year old. I think you might be referring to her all grown up now. Okay, because okay. she's hot now. Okay, Kirsten Dunst doesn't work because she turned out uglier than she is in this movie. Unfortunately. Yeah, her her, her snaggle teeth yeah. just kept spreading wide <laughs> as she goes. <laughs> uh, she looked yeah, okay. She bad. looked okay and bring it on, but I think she probably didn't get any better looking. I think you're probably right. Yeah, she looked like she got hit in the face of a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> the, it was such a big deal back when it came out because of the CGI, and the CGI just looks terrible mm. now if you watch it. Especially the monkeys. Yeah. Has anyone seen this movie? Yeah, a long time long ago. Long time yeah. ago. I remember, I remember yeah. there being a lot of CG monkeys yeah, in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a good Robin Williams performance through it either. I feel like he was on Quaaludes or something. It's not as manic. and He's, know, he's just not very into it. Mm. It's weird. Anyway. That and uh, I saw Hellraiser. Mm. Oh, wow. Hellraiser. One of my favorite horror movies. With Pinhead. Yes, with Pinhead. <laughs> and uh, The Chattering One. And... and uh, the female one who has her throat open with the little fires. Has everyone seen this movie? Yeah, that's why I don't like horror yes. movies. It's just too horrible. Thanks to the word horror, I suppose. No? There's a really good scene. Actually, the worst part of this movie, the most disturbing part. There's lots of bad parts. People getting pulled apart by chains and, you know, um, mm. uh, a guy walking around without skin on. Mm. But the worst part is a scene where this guy's carrying a couch and he walks by a, expo- a nail that's not nailed all the way in. And it has the flat head is sticking out. And he catches his the top of his hand on it, and it's you see it pull back the skin, and it's just ugh, one of the worst things you've ever seen. Very horrible. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> it's a good movie. You should check it out if you like horror movies and gore. It's actually a pretty smart movie. Hey, that's that's one of on the, on the the list of the top top British horror movies of all time. That's probably number one. It's uh, isn't it a Clive Barker uh, story? It's a it Clive Bar- yeah, it's a Clive Barker joint. Yeah, I've seen that one, and it, it kind of put me off seeing anything else 
in the Hellraiser series or anything else by Clive Barker. I think that's probably the only Clive Barker thing I've seen, actually. Number one and number two are the only ones we're seeing. They've made like nine of them. Mm. And, you know, everything after three, I think, was a straight-to-DVD release. So mm -hmm. there's nothing worth seeing. But if you feel like getting a little scared and seeing a, a, a box, puzzle box, that if you solve, it tears your soul and brings you to hell, I, uh, there's not many other movies I would Spoiler recommend. Spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 Oops. Sorry. I've, saw, I've seen a movie. What have you sawed? It is the cult classic movie Conan the Barbarian, oh. the 2011 version. Oh. With Khal Drogo. That's not a cult classic. That's a shitty new remake, isn't it? It is a remake. Uh, I would say it's, it's in the okay category because like, the, the action is great. The uh, plot and whatever, the, the acting is not so good. But if you enjoy watching dudes get chopped up with swords and naked ladies, then it's good. And also, Cal, Cal Drogo is another one of those big old bears. Yeah, he is. Cal Drogo is a, Cal Drogo is a nice, meaty, big bear. <laughs> have you seen the original, Teebs? I have not seen the original. The original is kind of batshit crazy, actually. Yeah, I've seen that one. I saw it actually only a couple of years ago, I think. I don't think I've seen Conan the Destroyer, though. I think I've seen a, just the first one. Kind of a bonkers one. Now. Okay, any more from you, Teebs? Yeah, I saw another cult classic movie called Death Race 2000. Oh. Is that the Jason Statham one or the original one? The original one. Oh. Starring David Carradine and Sylvester Stallone. Or is it Vinnie Jones is in the remake? I think it might be Vinnie Jones. Don't know. I think Statham's in it, the remake. Hang on, starring Sylvester Stallone. What year was that? 1976. Oh, right. I've not seen that one. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, I liked it. It was very low budget, you could tell, but... Uh, it's worth watching just for like historical purposes. Like, oh, in the year 2000, where it's it's basically uh, Hunger Games with cars. That's what it is. <laughs> it's like uh, Carmageddon, that video game from the 90s where you get punched for running over people. Mm -hmm. Does anyone pull their hoots out? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are a couple of hoot occasions. What about poots nice. and toots? Any poots and toots? <laughs> no poots and toots. There, there are some naked bums on screen. Okay. Well, that's good. Gonna... Get, get to see uh, David Carradine's bum. Okay. Well, Backsack's making a note right now. Mm. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> uh, okay. Nice. Not as bearish as I like it. <laughs> the only thing I've seen was uh, I watched the Simpsons movie. Oh, right. Well, um, not for the I first time, I hope. It. No, no, I've seen it before. It's, uh, you know, it's not anything super special to me. It's, it's, you know, like a good couple episodes of the show. Mm. So, I quite liked it, but it was it wasn't that yeah it wasn't much more than a extended episode really was it the um the one thing I did like I I think I uh, it was the Blu Ray I saw uh, I didn't watch it in the cinema uh, um when they do like the commentary they actually do like bran a branching version of the Blu Ray where I can't remember who's doing the commentary it might even be Homer doing the commentary and he stops the movie so he <laughs> free frames the movie and carries on talking which is quite funny it's quite nicely done actually. Other than that, you know, not much oh, more nice. than that. They're, extended they're pretty, um, they're pretty legendary for their commentary tracks. If you get a Simpsons DVD, they have a commentary for every episode on it, and the same mm -hmm. thing with a uh, yeah. Futurama. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. well, I saw uh, Divergent, Jackie. Oh yes, what and Divergent. Divergent from 2014, <laughs> which is the Hunger Games ripoff, really, isn't it? Um, and yes. I should have listened to Jackie. 
and I didn't. I should mm-hmm. not have watched this movie. Mm-hmm. It's a pile of shit. Um, I told you. I started watching it, and I should have bailed out, and I didn't. I was just watching it to try and try and get to the point where something happened, and it doesn't happen. I know. It's pretty know. much hours and hours of them doing training, and I was like, okay, some, I'm just going to watch it to the point where they stop training, and of course, then the movie ends. So, uh, uh, so annoyed by this. It's dumb as a box of rocks, isn't it? Yeah, there's like no point to it. Like she doesn't really have any special skills or abilities that make you mm. like her or, you know, think she's cool. She does um, She does look a bit like Jennifer Lawrence. She's like the uh, discount yeah, Jennifer Lawrence, does. doesn't she, really, that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what annoyed me, uh, quite a lot of things annoyed me, but um, they start fighting and there aren't any rules. And I mean, even with the, uh, uh, like, um, bare knuckle boxing, there are some rules, you know. They just fight each yeah. other and <laughs> when does this fight start? When does it end? What are the rules? Um, and that's kind of goes for a lot of the movie. It's like, don't, I don't really know what's going on. There's not really a lot of setup, is there? It's just they go into sort of this training thing and two hours later they're still training yeah. and ugh, bleh. Um, yeah, it's weird. And they got Kate Winslet in there and she does like a, a pretty good Carl, Carl accent. Coral. Coral. Yeah, it's a bad American accent. Pretty bad. Coral. And she's um spoiler alert, she's a bad guy in this, which is unusual, isn't it? Yeah. You get to see her punched in the face, which is interesting. I, did she pull yeah, in I really out? like her, but I did not like her as movie. <laughs> no, she wasn't very good. Um there's some weird but stuff going on. Bad. Yeah, bad movie. Mm. But unfortunately it made a shitload of money, so there will be obviously a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Winslet yeah. was uh probably Chasing that paycheck, like like how Natalie Portman is in the Thor movies of all things. Mm. Yeah, I think she's okay it, in those movies. I don't think she's miscast or anything. Why is she doing them? Like why? <laughs> Thor. Thor is a huge movie, bro. I all I that. know, but it's it's clear that she's doing it for a paycheck. What's wrong with that, man? You gotta make those dollars. That's why I go to work too, bro. Gwyn Gwyn Paltrow is in Iron Man mm-hmm. as Pepper Potts. Yeah. Yep. Oh, same. she's horrible though. <laughs> yeah, same deal. She's she's catching that payday. <laughs> yeah. No, I I just always I always find it amusing when uh when these Academy Award winning actors clearly are just doing something for a paycheck, whether it's Pal- Paltrow in Iron Man or Oh, I see Paltrow, right, okay. Yeah, Paltrow Winslet won an Academy Award. Yeah, Winslet did, yeah. I thought you were talking about um What's the face of uh, Leo? Portman? Portman, yeah. Didn't, didn't Portman win for uh, Black Swan? Or was she just nominated? I don't think she won. Mm, I don't think she won. Not for sure. Let's look it up under Google's. Natalie Portman Oscars. Natalie Portman. Oh, you're right. Academy Award. No, I think you're right. She did win for, for Black yeah, Swan. She did win. Yeah. yeah. That movie was a pile of shit. <gasps> Couldn't stand that movie. I didn't like that movie. I know I liked it, but I just it was a bit weird and not something I'd ever want to watch again. I don't think it was interesting. Wasn't that uh, Aron- Aronofsky? I love ballet. So. <laughs> Darren Aronofsky, wasn't it? I so. the, the that was an guy. Aronofsky joint. Yeah. Hey, I like I like lesbian scenes, and that didn't even save it for me. Don't try and pull it back with you liking <laughs> lesbian scenes. We've already we've already uh, we've already assessed your proclivities. Thank you very much. Try, I'm trying to I'm trying to butch it up. Now. I like bear scenes. I mean lesbian <laughs> scenes. <laughs> Okay, so that's all we have time for this week. Our next movie is scheduled to be the 1995 neorealistic existential drama Under Siege 2 Dark Territory, a.k.a. Die Hard on a Train, starring Steven Seagal and a 17-year-old Catherine Heigl. My thanks this week go to my co-host, Jovial Jackie. Thank you, Neil. 
Thank you to Tar Basket. Man, give me <laughs> dags in the carabin. You're after me lucky charms. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to our guest, uh, Stephen Greenwell. Fuck face. I like that one, Harold. I'll remember that next time I'm climbing off your mom. <laughs> and special thanks to our special guest, Backsack. I really don't like to have sex with bears. <laughs> <laughs> Vicious killing you machine. Should have said that in a cockney accent. <laughs> 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 I don't like to get fucked by bears. <laughs> oh god. Oh. Okay, and oh, now. What's the matter? You don't like my cocky accent, do you? <laughs> Give me your bestie. Jesus. Give me the fucking shooter. <laughs> Give me the shooter. <laughs> now it's really time for us to go before the Germans get here. Now I don't usually explain the out music, uh, which usually results in some kind of confusing confusing people really, but um there's a there's a good story based around this week's music. So Guy Ritchie was dating a Danish model called Tanya Strecker in nineteen ninety nine. And then he dumped her for Madonna. Then Strecker dated Robbie Williams, the singer, off of Take That. And the song I'm going to play is actually based on a conversation Robbie Williams had with Tanya Strecker about the way Guy Ritchie left her for Madonna. So when you know that, uh, the lyrics are pretty interesting. Um, And Robbie Williams actually approached Madonna to appear in the video. And she wanted to do it, but Guy Ritchie forbade it. I forbid it. So have a listen. So what do you think? <laughs> 